This is the What Now Podcast. There have been moments when I've looked at my life and I'm like, okay, this wasn't my plan. I had different plans for myself and I had different hopes for myself. And I think it's easy in moments to want to blame God or be angry with him. I think what I've learned over the years and just as I'm continuing in my life is I don't want to blame God anymore. I want to lean into my relationship with God and that actually by doing that, I can become stronger because I really do believe that God uses this time in our lives, especially when we're single and we're growing and whatever. It's not a punishment. Punishment tells us God's forgotten about me, something's wrong with me. But preparation is more of like, there's way more of an empowering thought behind it. No, you haven't missed anything. Keep going, keep growing, keep learning, and don't be angry with God. Let him help you. This is the What Now podcast, where we discuss the culture and beliefs in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in an honest and faithful way in an effort to encourage, uplift, and inspire. I am Mary Alice Hatch, your host. Join me as I speak with 27-year-old YSA Relief Society President Lauren Johnson. After serving a mission and graduating from BYU, Lauren moved to Southern California where she pursued a career that included working with many people who did not share her beliefs and values and how she stayed faithful despite the challenges. Lauren shares how she has overcome the stigma of being an older single adult in the church culture and how to find fulfillment and purpose. Today, I'm here with Lauren Johnson. Welcome. Hi, Mary Alice. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to have you on today. And before we get started, I'd love to have you just tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you better. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Lauren Johnson. I am originally from Utah, and I went to BYU. I went on a mission to Argentina, and after I graduated BYU, I moved to Southern California, which is where I currently am, and I love it here. It's been amazing. I live close to Newport Beach, and right now I work for a political and business organization here in Orange County, California, and it's been an amazing experience, and I've loved what I do, and Also, in my time at BYU, I started a nonprofit in a business with my mom called Heal From Abuse. And I think it's so great because my mom was recently on here with you and how you and I met. I felt really interesting and special. We met in the Newport Beach Temple. And yeah, your podcasts have just always been helpful for me, like just as a young adult trying to navigate life. And so, yeah, to be on here, I'm just so excited. (laughs) It's so fun because... I know it's crazy because I work in the temple Wednesdays afternoon night shift and you and your mom came in and it was so funny because I had my tag on with says my name and she's like, are you Mary Alice Hatch from the What Now podcast? You have helped me so much. (laughs) And then I also know your daughter. So yeah, Emily. So yeah, that's a fun connection. It's interesting. And this is how the Lord is so good. Like we meet you in the temple. And then I end up talking to your mom because she wanted to start a podcast with her. She helps people with sexual abuse. And I interviewed her. It was episode 88, Sexual Abuse with Wendy Johnson, Credible. And she shares her story. But I didn't know that was her story until she called me for help about the podcast. And she was explaining what she was doing in this amazing movement she's created and this organization she's created to help people. And I was like, can I interview you? (laughs) 
is amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, she loved being on here. And yeah, it's definitely the work that that she's been doing is really needed today. So of course, great for her to be able to share that. And I'm so glad that we met you. I mean, truly, it was it was meant to be. Oh, totally. And then the more I've gotten to know you, I'm like, gosh, you're so polished and articulate and you're a Relief Society president, the YSA ward, and you're almost 27 in June. And I'm like, this girl is amazing. How is she keeping it so together? Oh, no. (laughs) I'll have to interview her about that. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get into talking about how it's not always a linear process. But yeah, it's definitely looking forward to diving into some of these topics today as I'm really passionate about just young people and we're navigating so much at this age. And so really looking forward to having this conversation today. Well, it's an important conversation because we're seeing people leave in droves in your age group. I mean, they said 18 to 30 is the biggest population leaving the church right now. And I see you as almost 27 and June will be 27 and you are all in. So how do you do that? How do you maintain a strong testimony? You're out of the bubble now. You're not in Utah anymore. You were raised partly in Utah, went to BYU. So you're kind of in this bubble and then you leave and now you're really very respected job and where you're going to face some challenges in the real world. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, it's an important question because moving to California was really the first time I experienced professional and everyday interactions with non-members consistently. I mean, other than my mission, of course, but it's obviously different when you're in the workplace and you're meeting friends and people who have a different lifestyle than you. And it definitely has been a learning experience, something for me to navigate. But the beautiful thing is I pay tribute a lot of this to my youth. Because when I was first offered alcohol, I was 25 years old at a work event. And they're like classy work events, right? They're like dinner events. But it was really the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I learned about this when I was 12, 13, 14. It was kind of like church leaders and stuff would always be like, this is a question you may be asked, teaching us about the word of wisdom. And that just never happened for me in high school and even in college. So coming here, it was really the first time when I was having my beliefs challenged in a way. And almost a decade later, the application of what I was taught when I was young was coming to pass. And But yeah, in a way, I think it's been a really beautiful experience for me. It's really taught me to lean into my convictions and to go forward with confidence in what I believe. And I just think that's so important. I have a lot of friends out here. They're working in all sorts of different businesses, doing a lot of amazing things. And we all have these conversations about how to navigate people who have different lifestyles and especially in a professional environment. I mean, it's nice too, because when you come here, you have a church community too. Like there's a good singles ward. You have a group of people you can surround yourself with when you're out of the work environment that can help fortify you? Yes. Yeah, that's actually a big part of it for me is, and like you said, my job, I deal with a lot of different topics and we have a lot of pressing projects and things going on. And so it can be easy for me to get bogged down. And if I'm not going into work every day feeling spiritually filled, my days get really hard for me. And so it's always my goal to just spend some really good time with God in the mornings. And if I'm spending five minutes reading my scriptures a day, but I'm spending eight hours in an environment where I have so much going on, it's not enough for me. And so it's really taught me to get to know God more and to expand my relationship with him. Yeah, it's good because you're kind of self-evaluating, right? Like, okay, what do I need to really sustain myself 
in an environment that might not be totally supportive of my whole belief system. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're in the real world and you're going to face that. You know, I remember my husband being in investment banking coming right out of BYU and that's a heavy drinking culture. Everyone drinks hard. And he's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go back to my hotel room now and not drink in a bar with you all night. But, you know, people respect that. People who stand up and it's really good too because it gives other people permission to not do it. Yes. No, absolutely. And like, I've definitely seen that. And I've had experiences where certain members of the organization I've worked with, they've been like, you know, I noticed that you just don't swear. And I don't want to do that around you. And it's not even something I had to say. It just was feeling that they had had. And those moments mean a lot to me because I do want to be somebody who leans into, you know, my convictions and the lifestyle I've chosen to live within the gospel. Yeah, well, you're leading by example. And I think in certain industries, I know in the financial industry, there's tons of swearing. Oh my gosh, there's tons of that investment banking, like that word every second. And it's like, gosh, if you hear that all day long, and then you're just not countering it with something spiritual in your life, it can be destructive. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really, to me, I have to hear God's words more than the world's words every day. That's like my statement. I'm like, how am I going to be listening to God and what he's saying to me more than I'm listening to everything else going on? And it's truly, and I think like some of the apostles have talked about this, you really need to have something positive to counteract a negative whether that's listening to Christian music more often, whether that's like making goals to listen to conference talks or whatever it might be, we just need to be filling our minds with this, with positive information, information that reminds us of our identity as children of God. And that's something that's been helpful for me. I mean, I think how inspired it is to have seminary before these kids go to school. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like that spiritual boost, because it's interesting, you know, your age population is leaving the church. And so what advice do you have for these kids who are coming out of college? They're working in a lot of them, very high pressure situations and work environments that are very different than what they've been used to. I mean, how do you adjust to that? And how do you use your connections with the church? Because a lot of kids stop going to church too when they get out of the bubble. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for me, just looking back on my life, and it definitely is a transition at first. There's a moment of, okay, how am I going to respond to this? And I've really found that it's been very important to me to have a solid foundation with my father in heaven before I can do anything else. And I've really set some like personal, you could call them goals or metrics, whatever it is for me to have every day. And I also will create situations that maybe haven't happened yet. Like, okay, how am I going to respond in this situation? Like, what are my personal values? What is my value system? How am I going to act in these different situations? And that has actually helped me because sometimes those situations do happen and I'm already prepared. And I think if we prepare ourselves, like preparation is just key. Staying in alignment with God. Like I just can think of so many of my friends right now where they do have to prepare themselves. They're going into work environments that can feel a little heavy for them. And so we all kind of have group messages and we're supporting each other in these different situations. We get advice from our leaders, but really it just comes down to your inner voice and wanting to lean into your convictions with God. Okay. I like a few things that you were saying there about just kind of like leaning in, really following the spirit and your promptings and preparing. I think that's the key. If you know 
exactly how you're going to react in that situation. You're not caught off guard and you can lean into that. And I like the idea that you're doing like group texting. So you're talking with other friends like, okay, what are you doing here? This happened to me. So you have this support network. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've been very fortunate to find a group of friends out here where that's what we do. And that's been helpful. And sometimes we'll all come over and we'll just brainstorm ideas and just how to keep strong in the faith. I mean, because we want to continue our education and our careers. And, and a lot of times that happens to be just in different type of environments. And so, yeah, it's so important to have a support system for sure. Totally. I'm sure as an older single adult, it can feel a little lonely or maybe isolating at times. How do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, it's not always a linear process. I will say it can be difficult at times for sure. There are moments when I personally feel empowered in the stage of life I'm at. And then there's moments when I question if God's forgotten about me, where he is in my journey. And I've definitely had a lot of hard moments over the years. But I think one of the beautiful truths that I feel like that has really helped just catapult me into a a better state of mind that my worth isn't dependent on a relationship status. It isn't dependent on an external accomplishment and really understanding my worth as a daughter of God, understanding that I'm already chosen and I'm already loved by God. And when I tap into the love from God, I can feel it and it changes me and it makes me feel whole. And I just think it's so easy for us to feel we're talking about being single and navigating relationships. I mean, it can be hard that the narratives in our mind can be really negative. What's wrong with me? Why haven't I found my person yet? You know, I know other people are thinking it. Now I'm thinking it. And all those narratives come from the adversary. And he wants us to believe that life can only be done in one way. And that's just not the case. And God tells us a very different story. And when we lean into what God tells us, it's always left me feeling capable to continue to move forward and confident in where I'm at in my life. I want to kind of piggyback off of that, like moving forward and progressing and not letting it hold kids back who are single and older, because sometimes people get in this kind of fixed state of mind, like, oh my gosh, if I leave here, I'll never get married. If I go to graduate school in this remote place, I'll never find somebody. And then they put their life on hold over it. How have you been able to get around that? Yeah, I would say by personal experience. (laughs) I mean, just off the bat, like moving here to California, I know that was a big thing. And I had some concerns brought to my attention, like, well, the young single adults out there, there's a lot less than there are in Utah. And it was like this fear-based thing of like, you should stay because there's more people here. And I was like, but my life is calling me elsewhere. And I can feel that. And I think it's the same thing with the graduate school situation. I've, I myself have been looking into graduate schools and um, got an offer from a college in Chicago. And I have totally had moments where it's like that fear-based mentality comes in again. Well, what if it doesn't work out? What if you're leaving all this great stuff behind? You should just stay where you're at. You're comfortable here. But God, his language to us is not the language of fear. It's the language of confidence. And if we can go forward with confidence, knowing that God will not let us down when we follow him and personal revelation and those decisions is so important. And when God inspires us to do something, just having the confidence that he's going to take care of you. And it's a beautiful thing. It's great to be able to feel that. And I hope and wish that even for myself and more people our age, we can kind of just push past that fear. Yeah, I think you're right. Like fear comes from the adversary, right? He doesn't want us to, there's no growth in comfort, complacency. I mean, I love that you're saying you're following your own revelation and the prophet keeps saying 
It's essential. You tap into your own personal revelation. He's pleading with us to do that because the Lord knows the big picture. He knows the plan for Lauren Johnson, that when you get these impressions, you don't have to be afraid. If it seems like it doesn't match up with the comfort zone, it's okay. Yeah, no, I just think life and especially for like young singles who are like battling between like, you know, they haven't found somebody yet. And like, do I continue to progress my dreams? Or should I wait until I find somebody? I just think like the messages that I've taken in from the gospel is like, keep progressing and keep growing yourself and don't stop because a certain part of your life hasn't worked out yet. That certain part of your life might work out because you are growing yourself. And I just think sometimes we want to stop ourselves when I just really think the opposite is what's going to bring us what we actually want in the end. I mean, I think of people like Sister Oaks, Wendy Watson, they didn't let it hold them back being single for so long. I mean, they went, got advanced degrees. They were professors at universities. They really had thriving careers and they lived their life. Yep. I love that. And I know for me personally, like being single has forced me to dream bigger it's pushed me to take those next steps in in my development as a person intellectually and just in every capacity. And I just think that's been a blessing amidst hard moments sometimes as I'm like, yeah, I've been pushed to dream bigger in my life. And I've been given opportunities to do that. And that's just God working in my life. And I know he has those type of plans for everybody. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're not letting it hold you back and that you're just pursuing those opportunities and professionally, educationally, because I mean, that's what the Lord wants us to do, right? He wants us progressing. Absolutely. Yep. To continue on. And he has big plans for us and he doesn't want us to hold ourselves back. He wants us to keep going and to keep learning of him in the process. But Yeah, I've just felt that so many times. He has plans for us and sometimes it's going to take us into a completely different scenario and we might be in, you know, areas where there may not be as many YSA and the wards may be smaller, whatever it is. We just letting fear will stop us from so many things that could really bless our lives. Totally. It sounds like I'm hearing from you. You've just developed this beautiful relationship with your heavenly father because of some of these situations. How have you changed having been an older single adult with your relationship with your heavenly father and Jesus Christ? Yeah, I would say there have been moments when I've looked at my life and I'm like, okay, this wasn't my plan. You know, I'm like, this wasn't, I had different plans for myself and I had different hopes for myself. And I think it's easy in moments to want to blame God or be angry with him. And I think what I've learned over the years and just as I'm continuing in my life is I don't want to blame God anymore. I want to lean into my relationship with God and that actually by doing that, I can become stronger because I really do believe that God uses this time in our lives, especially when we're single and we're growing and whatever. It's not a punishment. And I remember talking to one of my friends, a really good guy friend of mine, and we were just updating each other on our lives. And he was like, Lauren, where we're at right now is not a punishment. It's preparation. And I like that. Yes. And I want to have that mentality. Punishment tells us God's forgotten about me. Something's wrong with me. I missed the boat. Like what happened? But preparation is more of like, there's way more of an empowering kind of thought behind it. No, you haven't missed anything. Keep going, keep growing, keep learning. And don't be angry with God. Let him help you. It's so true. Like I think about things in my life that have been hard or difficult or unexpected. 
it actually prepared me for other opportunities I was given later. And I wouldn't have been prepared if I hadn't gone through that. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that perspective. It's really positive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think preparation is a huge part of, of life. I think God is a God of preparation. You know, he, even when I think of certain callings or opportunities I had, and for me, I'm like, I want to take every opportunity that's given for me seriously, because you never know what it can be preparation for down the line. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely been a lesson that I've tried to hold true to and to continue to trust God in that process. Yeah, I love that. So your YSA, young, uh, your YSA release study president here in California. Mm-hmm. So you probably see what a lot of these challenges are firsthand. What are some of the common challenges faced by single members of the church? Yeah, I've thought a lot about this. And I think one of the biggest things that I'm seeing and things that, you know, I felt as well are, are just struggles with identity issues. I think a lot of times, you know, the world is very loud. And so we have so many messages going on. I think we've never lived in a more complex time. And I really think it's so easy to get our identities confused and to not really know who we are. And maybe our identity becomes what we do at work. You know, maybe it becomes how much attention we get. But I just have loved listening to um, Prophet Nelson's worldwide devotional. It was a YSA devotional he gave last year. Actually, I think it was just young adults, not just for single adults. And and he talked about how there's three identifiers, the being a child of God, a child of the covenant, and a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that those are the biggest things that define us and give us worth and purpose. And I think that's been a beautiful thing. And I just think the more that our generation can learn about our true identity, the less we're going to be swayed by whatever trend is going on in the world. So that's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Our true identity as children of God. I love that. Covenant children and disciples of Jesus Christ. that, That is it. That's the program. Absolutely. And it's so easy to get pulled into a lot of other identifiers. And I know for me, something that's helped me in moments when I've been struggling with, you know, a concept like this is that there's two ways that we can view ourselves. And the first way is how the world views us. And the second way is how God views us. And I just feel like the world will always label and categorize and filter us. And how God views us is there's only one category, and that is we are his. And the more we truly believe that for ourselves, the less we need to prove ourselves, the less I just think so many things in our life simplify. And it's just a beautiful truth that has just really helped me. And yeah, and my calling and just being in a YSA and working with other leaders who have been like so inspiring to me, that is just like a big message that I'm grateful to hear a lot. So you would say really like the kind of the common theme is probably identity. Like, what is my purpose here? Am I valued? You know, mm-hmm. am I good enough? All those. But I mean, when you get into the negative headspace, that's always the adversary. Yeah, absolutely. Because he wants us to question where we're at. And I've always had this thought, like, I think the adversary, like one of his biggest things I'm seeing right now is the breakdown of the family. And who better to start with than those who are have the potential to create families, right? And so with my generation, we're faced with a lot. I mean, and Yes, social media can be a part of that, but it's really the messages that we're thinking in our minds that come from all that. 
And I just think, yeah, we're on a journey to start our own families and to better ourselves. And who better to try to break down than those who haven't even started on the journey of a family yet? And that's, that's a, a really good that. point. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, actually with, you know, the work with my mom too, a lot of the people that she's been fortunate to to connect with and, and meet with, a lot of them are young adults who have been like, hey, I've been through some really hard things in my life and I'm ready to take care of my past trauma so that when I start my next family, it's different. And I really believe that this time as young single adults, is just so important. It It's a preparation phase that, you know, I, for, I, I know for me, I want to take seriously and and, you know, I also want to have fun and develop myself, but there's definitely, there's a lot of pressures going on for our age group out there right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just think, how have you navigated dating and relationships as a single member of the church while staying true to your beliefs and values? I see a lot of kids fall away because when they're in areas where there aren't church members to date, and then they get vulnerable dating people outside their faith who have very different standards and they get swayed and then yes. they get pulled out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think when it comes to, you know, staying true to your beliefs and values, I mean, it's just never been more important than now to to connect with God and and we are seeing a lot of people who do fall away and I think a lot of it has to do with also just leaning into the philosophies of men, I guess you could say, you know, instead of the real source of truth. I think there's a lot of pressures out there, I should say, to listen to this and to take this in. And there's a lot of self-help things out there, which is great. And there's so many different facets of life. But the source of truth is knowing God and the gospel. And it takes work to listen to God. And I, I think sometimes it's just easier to want to just take in the message that's right there in front of you rather than taking the time to understand what God wants to say to you through the scriptures. And it takes more work. And yeah, so that is so true. Because I interviewed a girl who left the church for 10 years. She grew up in Utah and she'd always had the expectation, you know, in our family, we go to church, this and that. She went to like BYU, Idaho. Then no one was telling her she had to go to church. Right. And so pretty soon she wasn't going to church. And then pretty soon she was totally inactive. Right. And she was inactive for 10 years. And she came back at 28 and just felt like this hole in her life. Like, this is so empty. I need what I knew as a kid. Like that felt good. I want that. I want to fill that hole again. And I do see that coming back. You know, you can only live your life without any sort of spirituality for so long because our spirit just craves that, you know, and it goes back to the foundation too. You know, if you're raised in a religious belief, you generally lean back into that belief system later, you know, yeah. at the core of who you are. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I've definitely had interesting conversations with friends who have left and maybe they just don't connect with one or two things or they heard something that they didn't like. And, you know, there's so many different reasons, but really at the end of the day, it's, it's about knowing our Heavenly Father and taking that time to connect with Him in a world that just teaches everything else other than that. And I have books that I love that, you know, I feel like have given me great advice. But if I want to get to the source of truth, I open my scriptures. And I think we just get away from the simplicity of the gospel. And I think it's easier to kind of lean into the complexity of the world because it might feel that it can be that there's more of a reward too with that type of belief. And it's definitely not easy to be a member of the church. 
but it's a beautiful thing. I mean, the reward of being a member of the church is is having this sense of peace and comfort and confidence that really nothing else can give to me. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I see like we have a couple single sisters in our ward who are older. And one of my really good friends, she became the Stake Relief Society or Stake Young Women's President. And she's 49, never been married, so capable, super sharp, you know, has a great job, bought herself a house. She just leaned in. She's like, she's trying to get married. She wants that in her life, but it hasn't happened. So she's just has an incredible career and didn't let it hold her back at all. And it's so funny because as part of accepting that calling, I loved it because she's modeling for these girls what it looks like to really embrace your life and your faith. You know, it could have been very easy for her to leave the church. Like, okay, this is a family center church. I'm 49. This isn't going to happen for me. I'm out. Yeah. But she stayed totally faithful and totally committed and embraced this calling. And it's interesting. She met her husband. She ended up getting married at 50. Oh, my. Wow. And she met her husband at like a New Year's Eve dance. And he was one of the chaperones. (laughs) (laughs) You just never know, you know? I mean, what are the chances? Yeah. But she just like stayed faithful. He is an incredible man that loves and respects her. They are ridiculously Mm -hmm. happy. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I remember her saying, I'd rather be happily single than unhappily married. Mm. And we are seeing a lot of young kids getting divorced or getting married too fast. Yes. Without knowing the person that they're marrying. So I mean, it can go either way. But I loved her perspective and like, and her total (laughs) commitment to the church. Yes. I really love that. And I think that commitment is, we've been talking about, it's just, it's the foundation of so much. And I love that comment about being happily single. Because, yeah, I do think that in this time that we're in right now, it can be easy to feel like right after a mission, you've got to just jump into the next thing. And like, I know I've looked at my life and I'm like, I really just wasn't ready when I was 22 or 23, you know, like it could have seemed like odd that I just, you know, wasn't finding my person and like all my friends were and I've been in so many weddings. (laughs) But I'm just I at this point in my life, I'm like, I am so like, I know that God is guiding me. And I know he's guiding so many young people that just really, truly may not have just met their person yet. And it has nothing to do with all these other kind of messages or narratives that are in our heads. It it can just simply be that it just, the time hasn't been there yet. Mm -hmm. And I think when we simplify it to that, it, it, it can take out the negative thoughts that we have about ourselves. So totally. And when you look at the eternal plan, I mean, this is a blip in time. Getting married at 50 is like nothing when you live for eternity. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it was worth the wait. She dated tons of non members. She, you know, dated the whole gamut. She's like, I want to go to the temple with my husband. I want these things. I don't want to compromise this. Absolutely. And like how I've been feeling about it too is like, yeah, an eternal marriage is like a miracle. It's a beautiful, incredible thing where two people come together and they, they want to live their lives in eternity together. And I think so many times it's like, well, why isn't this just like happening? Or this isn't just a good thing. This is like a beautiful miracle that happens when it's right. And if it's not happening in your life right now, it's intentional. And just keep focusing on yourself and keep going. Because like you said, a couple years of it's not in the grand scheme of things. It's a very small amount of time. 
So I'll wrap up with you. I loved our conversation. I love everything we've talked about. And I just am so impressed at your commitment and faith to your own personal progression and your faith. And it's a good example for those around you who can see you can be capable and strong and still stay faithful, but Mm -hmm. it takes work. Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely does take work. You have to keep realigning yourself and keep reminding yourself of what's true and what's real in your life. And it's very easy to feel like that maybe you've done something wrong or we internalize these messages and it's really not about that. We just need to stay the course, stay focused on what we're doing. And I had a bishop that has been a really big inspiration to me. And I remember when I joined the YSA ward for him, he's like, we're in the YSA ward to learn more of Christ. That is our main goal here. And if you find somebody along the way, that's great. But he didn't put any pressure on that. That is what I have come to know is, you know, we go to church to learn of Christ and everything else is in addition to that. And I think that's been a beautiful message for me. And I've had a lot of great mentors and friends in my life who have just continued to empower me and my other friends in our journeys. And God is with us, you know, and he wants the best for us. And I definitely have a very strong testimony of that, that, you know, we just need to lean into what he has available for us because it's, we probably can't see it now, but it's beautiful and um, it'll be enough for us. Beautifully said, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me today and having this important conversation. I loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing and great to chat with you as always. (laughs) Thanks, Lauren. Thank you for listening to the What Now podcast. I invite you to share this episode with family, friends, and anyone you think it might help. Just click on that share button wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're on Instagram, follow us at Podcast What Now for inspirational messages and highlights from our past and present episodes. We never say goodbye, we say what now. This has been a What Now podcast production.